Kimelo Mutine on SAFM. All right, so we go into our relationship feature, which we have every single Friday. And today we are going into what COVID-19 has done to a couple and, and how it can and has affected this particular couple. I'm so delighted to welcome onto the show Salem Nyati and Terry Nyati, who both contracted um, COVID-19. And we're just going to talk about their experience. Thank you both. Thank you so much for, for joining us this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank Welcome to so my wife as well. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Let, let's start with that very, you know, I mean, I can see already the romances in the air. Let's start exactly there. How did you guys meet? Does you want to go first? I don't know. <laughs> well, it was, it was meant to be a business meeting, right? Uh, which I was very late for. I was actually 45 minutes late. <laughs> and only did he leave? I, I did he leave. leave? No, he didn't leave. Uh, he waited, <laughs> but he was clearly annoyed when I arrived. And um, the meeting literally lasted, I think, ten to fifteen minutes because I had a date with somebody else. Oh Lord! So yeah, uh, that didn't go down well with him. But, yeah. So t- how, tell me, Salem, did you say to him? I've got to go because I've got a date with somebody else. No, I I just arrived and I refused to sit down. Um, I just wanted him to say what he had to say so that I can leave. Um, yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm staring at my future husband. <laughs> Terry, and, and how did that go down with you? Um, I, I'm generally one that's kind of sensitive with time so i i like to be on time and make sure that things are done on time you mm-hmm. know so her arriving late already i was pretty much under normal circumstances i would have left but it's because there was a business need from my side that i needed and i was linked with her by someone and i thought okay that's probably the saving grace to the day uh, so after that for me i was like you know what I, I would have gotten up and left uh and in fact, by the time I left, I was still feeling the same way because I just felt respect for time and respect for, you know, for the other being is just not happening. So let me let me ask you, Salem, did you actually have a proper excuse? And did you even apologize for being late? I think I did apologize. I'm generally a person who does apologize. Yeah. Um, but my mind was so fixated. You know, I've been single for so long. <laughs> I mean, like 10 years. <laughs> so at that point, I was like, you know what, let's get this dating thing proper this time. And so I was willing to sacrifice a whole lot of things, including this meeting with Tara. Oh, my word. So that I'm on time um, and I'm well prepared for my next date, which was just a one-day date and it never happened again. Oh, shame. I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> so- well, no. <laughs> You know, let's fast forward to then how do you then request or accept the next date? Who then asks for the other to meet again? It it was actually me. Mm. Remember, I'm the one with the pressing need, you know, which was business related. So, and so even after she was I, late, you still had the business thing going in your mind. Yes. So 
So I, I, I just thought that uh, it, it's something that um, I was informed she could assist with. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thought, okay, maybe let me just get this done, you know, and maybe just keep it professional. Mm-hmm. And we then agreed to meet, I think it was a Wednesday now, because mm-hmm. the initial meeting happened over a weekend on a Saturday. Okay. You know, so we then met. So because she had handled herself, you know, in that manner earlier, mm-hmm. I decided I'm not going to, you know, push myself to be there on time. Mm-hmm. I'll just take my time, do my work, and when it's time for me to leave, I'll leave. But I'll just, you know, maybe not be too pushed with time, just to manage my own, you know, sensitivities on time. Yeah. You know, yeah. So that's how the second one happened. And and so what happened then? Uh she well, was early, was actually, early. funny enough. <laughs> you know, so I am so proud early. of you. I was late. I'm so proud of you, Salem. So, so was did, did that make an impression on you, Tara? Well, it did. Now I'm the one that's more apologetic because now all of a sudden I'm feeling guilty for not having kept my side of the bargain because I'm just working on the prejudices of the previous experience. Mm-hmm. And we meet and, um, you know, in meeting then, just to break the ice and maybe make it less tense than it was probably before, you know, we start engaging more first on, you know, you know, life. We start chatting about life and have a build-up chat rather than go straight into the point. I mean, straight to the point. Very nice. And that obviously must have gone well. Um, it did. It did because I think it was a trigger to the follow-ups thereafter mm. because we ended up spending, I think, what was meant to be like an hour chat. I'm, I'm not sure how long a time we spent, probably two, three hours. I don't know. You know, and we ended up chatting about work for at least probably twenty percent of that time we spent there. You know, we kind of got it out of the way quite quickly. Mm. So, yeah. You know, I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm trying to pick up whether at that point you knew the person that you would eventually be with, and how deeply the other person would be able uh, to be devoted to you, particularly to you, Salem, when you then, fast forward to very recent times, um, got sick and, and how Tara, I believe, kind of dropped everything and, and decided to look after you. At that time, I mean, I remember saying to him, um, you're such a good person, I'm wishing you all the best. Hmm. He didn't tick the boxes. Um, as far as what I was looking for. But in terms of his character, I mean, it's, it's something I totally never thought about. I actually don't even know when Tara and I started dating. But what I know is that I think he dated me before I dated him. <laughs> you know, um, because, I mean, but one thing I can tell you is that from that day, we started seeing each other every single day. And wow. when I say every single day, I mean till today. Wow. So, it, yeah, so I'm not quite sure when things started, but at some point, things started. And, yeah. I mean, it's it's a beautiful story, but uh, like all things wonderful, life then happens in between, right? You got sick, yeah. Salem. I got sick, mm-hmm. and um, so Tara is generally an impatient guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say to Tara, Tara believes in if you've got a problem and you can solve it, solve it. Mm-hmm. Call for help when you really need help. Mm-hmm. So I would say something like, you know, Tara, I've got a headache. Knowing very well that Tara will do nothing about the headache. And say, call well, the doctor. I am very able, <laughs> you know, and I can do something about it. 
And so I've always had this belief that I want, you know, should I ever get sick, maybe I would need care from outside this marriage Hmm. because of the kind of person that he is. And he's very impatient. And, you know, when you, you start treading on his feet, he gets really irritable. I mean, when I got sick, and I mean, it was it was flu at that time. Mm. But I remember him making me something to eat. And I refused to eat it. And I said, look, if you are not going to put effort into making me good food when I need good food, don't bother. Meanwhile, I had lost my sense of taste. Mm. And I had lost my sense of smell. But I was not aware of it. So I just threw those words out there, so annoyed, and I said to him, get my son to do um, the food for me, thank you very much, because clearly you're not willing and you're not doing a good job at it. Hmm. But to him, he started thinking, she is possibly COVID-19 positive and she's lost her sense of taste. Uh, Tara, what what were the signs for you? Was it that, the food issue, or were you seeing other things as well? Um, So I think, firstly, it was was within the context of being quite aware of the pandemic effect of the disease in itself. Mm. You know, uh, at work, we were kind of taken through a bit of, you know, know, um, education about the disease and stuff, Mm. and the symptoms and everything else. So I, I kind of felt when she started presenting with, like symptoms she started feeling cold the first thing the second thing she was tired then by the time she says i am just not feeling well i said you know what we'll assume that you're positive isolate get the helper off you know she, she must not come to work yeah you know um separate all the things that are used to prepare food for you including the the, the cutleries and crockeries that you use mm. they must be boiled or at least put in hot water after use you know all of those kinds of things and then i started making engagements with people that I was, I was aware had actually survived, you know, the, 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 the illness, mm-hmm. to say what experience did they have and what did they do to actually make sure they aid their, their healing. But but you kind of knew what you were getting yourself into because you also then thought, well, I'm going to put myself in the line of fire and, and look after her. Very much so, very much so. And I think that that probably was, um, you know, sometimes the things that might be, right whether by law or by logic mm-hmm. and by you know whatever you want to define it as mm. but i think sometimes there's a moral obligation that we need to you know hold ourselves accountable to and i think that is what came into play because i then said i've got kids you know uh, in the house and they me so i can't put anyone else in that firing line i need to be the one that exposes myself to that firing line uh, because when we make our vows you know we say for in sickness and in health you know, so I can safely say, safely say I've kicked that in sickness part. So if sickness comes, I can now say I'm not involved. I'm out of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, 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 but effectively, effect, effectively, yes. I think I, I, I then made a commitment to say, you know what, I've got a moral obligation and a duty to ensure that I give as best a support as I can. Listen, let's take a quick break and then also allow people to call in and ask questions and maybe just, you know, comments as well. 891 You can send WhatsApp notes as well on 0614-104-107. I want to just take a quick break uh, going straight to Utsi Lesaku at 130. 
Life Happens with Pimelo Mutine on SAFM, leading the conversation. Well, thank you so much for staying with us. So it's our Friday edition of Life Happens. And on a Friday, we have an hour-long session with an incredible couple. And today we chose a couple that has seen COVID-19 through together. And I think it's quite a, a beautiful story because... I think for me, the difficulty is the decision to look after the other while you put yourself in the line of fire. Salem Nyati and Terra Nyati uh, went through this together. Uh, Salem first got uh, COVID-19 and uh, her husband decided, well, I'm going to go in in it with you together. I just want to ask you, Tara, um, the, the thought of getting ill yourself, wasn't that something that you thought through? And, and you know, if both of you get sick and, and the worst happens to both of you, didn't that concern you? It does cross one's mind. Um, however, I, I quickly went into a, a state of acceptance to say I do this knowing very well that I'm exposing myself and the likelihood is that I might be sick. My only saving grace in terms of uh, what made me not be anxious was maybe the hope based on my spiritual foundation, mm-hmm. right, number one. And number two, based on probably the stats I'm seeing that, you know, the recovery rate is quite high, you know, and I know myself not to have any comorbidities, you know, that could possibly, you know, weaken my ability to fight recover. the disease. You know, so those are some of the things that were giving me a bit of hope and, 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 and uh, courage to say, you know what, let me follow through and not maybe be cognizant of the fact that I might you know, be exposed and be addressed myself. Did, did you guys isolate yourself from other family members? And did you have that <clears throat> conversation with them to say, you know, the worst is upon us? Yes. So remember now that um, when she starts to present, before even testing happened, mm-hmm. so this is now the, the third day of her saying, I'm not feeling okay, mm. you know, and I'm saying no one walks into the main bedroom. So we use the main bedroom as an isolation zone. So no one walks into the main bedroom. There's, we now not we now don't use any any other masks but uh, disposable masks, the, the 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 blue ones, the ones that are used uh, medically and stuff. We're gonna use that for anyone who walks in. The food is dropped off by the door. We get it ourselves, and that's pretty much it. And gloves are worn, and sanitizing, and all those measures we put in place. And 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 the nice thing though is that uh, sometimes as much as we might say. The entertainment factor, we should say, for example, the TV is not good for the bedroom. In this case, we had a TV in the bedroom, mm. and it helps in terms of keeping us sane because it is not easy to be chatting with your partner the whole day too. Every I'm sure day. she gets bored with me. <laughs> I also get bored with her. So sometimes we need a bit of a, a certain medium to balance it out. <laughs> your, your, your take on, on how this whole thing affected you, Salem, I mean, I believe you got very, very ill, um, quite ill, in fact, uh, where you were thinking you, you may just die. Yes, in fact, there was a good five days where I never slept a wink because I had trouble breathing. Mm. And so me having to be conscious about breathing and, and, and actually having get assistance in terms of breathing. On the other hand, I was stubborn. I did not want to go to the hospital. Mm. I was afraid of going to the hospital, actually. And so I would stay awake because I was afraid I would die in my sleep. Mm. And so, um, and, and I mean, my body was so weak, I couldn't even extend my arm to reach out for the phone. And, and sometimes I would not tell him what's happening because 
uh, he was now also, he got um, the virus and, and he was also uh, tired because he had worked a lot. And sometimes I would just sit and say, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to bother him this time. I remember this one time I was coughing and, and bleeding, you know, coughing blood. And he he saw it and, and, he, and he, he started phoning the doctor. And, and the doctor was saying, we need to monitor her. I need to understand what is going on because she has to go to the hospital. And I remember saying, oh, no, it's just streaks of blood. And I would you know, slowly go to the bathroom and just go and cough everything that I needed to cough out. So it was just, I I mean, I don't know. At that time, you never know when you're making the right decision or not. But I was just asking God, you know what? I don't want to die. Not now. But it did feel like I was handed Mm -hmm. over to the gates of death and I had to fight myself and my way back. Watching that, Tara, and and then finding out that you yourself were actually infected with COVID-19, what went through your mind? Um, I think, <clears throat> for me especially, I think uh, when I knew that there was an escalation and how she was, you know, uh, this, this disease was actually taking control of her own uh, health, was I, I was at the office and I decided, you know what, uh, let me check up on her. This is probably about one o'clock. And she says, I'm fine. Then I'm like, okay, maybe it was flu. Then when I leave work around about four, five, four to five o'clock, I phone her and she's changed from what I was. You know, she was when I spoke to her. Mm-hmm. She was like, I need you to get back home now. I'm not in a good space. So the next thing that kicks into me is I need to understand what it is that she's presenting with so that I engage a doctor and then we know how to respond. And she just became quite cheeky if I were to say, you know, in, 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 in not coming forth with information. Mm. And I got a bit, you know, frustrated because now I need her to tell me exactly what it is mm. so that when I relay it to the doctor, the doctor says to me, it's indeed COVID or we need to do X, Y, and Z to respond to you, so whatever the case might be. But eventually she came forward. So I then phoned the doctor who then said, COVID. And of course I was already suspecting, but because I'm not a medical person, mm. I can't make that conclusion. Yeah. So we then went to get her tested, and when she tested, and I was not feeling anything from my side. We then get it. She got tested, and after testing positive, um, I got a call from the doctor in the morning to say, "Are you still at home?" I'm like, "Yes, okay, please, you know, can I speak to the wife?" So, and then she confirmed her state, you know, and of course, emotionally, I prepared her to say, "Assume you're positive up until proven otherwise," mm. you know, but she still took it a bit hard. And and then I needed to go test now. And two days later, it came back and I was positive. Mm-hmm. And when it did come back, I was positive. I was expecting that there is that likelihood if she's positive, that I may be positive. So for me, it was, you know, not much of an issue to be positive. And uh, it was just about now just continuing with isolation. One of the things that for me, uh, I kept saying to her was, remember, the status of being positive is more for protection of others, more than it is about healing. It's not going to heal you. A person might if suspecting that they are COVID positive, isolate and do all the things they need to do to, to make sure they heal or go to hospital if they have to. But the positive state does not aid healing. It just makes you aware that you are indeed one of the people that has you know, tested positive and you need to manage yourself over a particular period of time. Well, let me tell you, I've got a voice note here from one of our presenters, uh, Songez Mapekli, who, who presents here on SAFM, The Viewpoint. I wanted you to listen to, to what he had to say. 
All right. While we sort that out, I, you know, it's it's interesting that you were saying, Tara, that um, you you had the sense that you would also get it, and you had the sense that you you know you need to then deal with with the emotional um, understanding that you yourself have COVID nineteen. How are your symptoms? I was lucky, probably even leaning towards saying blessed, because my symptoms are very mild. When I say mild, to a point that they were very negligible, you know. So I, the, the only times I would probably say I had symptoms is if I forced myself to do certain things that make me confirm that I've got some level of symptoms. For example, if I hold my breath for like a good 10, 15 seconds or something, and at the end of that period or maybe before it even ends, I cough, then to me I would then say, okay, you know, then I've got this particular symptom. But other than that, I was actually pretty fine. And I'm grateful for that because it's not everyone who has got that, you know, luck or that blessing to be able to go through, you know, COVID without the fear symptoms. Let me go to those voice notes on 0614-104-107. Indo thank you so much, Mklegazi, for the strength, for the love and the support you gave Umamekaya. These are the things that need to be told. These are the things society must hear. Not just because it gives you strength, but it gives us strength as a people. Siabulela, God bless your marriage. Wow. I think that's absolutely wonderful. So that is the message from, from one of our presenters, Songhez. You want to respond to that, Salem? I have goosebumps. Mm. I have goosebumps because um, if there's one thing I've actually learned, um, in in marriage, just stick it out. You know, um, sometimes we we, we think um, a person is like that mm. or like this, but wait for a situation to really present who the person really is. Mm. I mean, I never thought he would be the person who actually, you know, sort of like forget or forsake everything else and mm. say, I'm walking in this with you and we will see us through it and and i mean also whew, i'm actually a bit emotional mm-hmm. right now um to, to, be, to be quite honest um yeah i'm um, um, yeah i'll just leave it there how, how has this entire experience changed or shaped your relationship because you know these these life-changing experiences do do change you do 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 make you do things and think things through differently. I think she can go first. From, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for for me, it, it, firstly, it has strengthened us. I must say, it has strengthened us. We are so used to being together now. I mean, I was sick for a good 20 odd days. And it, it, it has really strengthened us. We are so used to being together now um, that we, even if we are just sitting and not saying anything to each other. And also for me, it has made me not to sweat the small stuff mm-hmm. because there are bigger things out there. And I, I, I've always heard this sickness and in health. I, in my mind, thought one day I would need to nurse him. It never came to me as the reverse. And also, I never thought it would be so early in our marriage. And I'm just so grateful to God that 
we walked this journey like this. And for me, now more than ever, it's to say, I'm here. And the trick is to just stick it out. Tara? Um, I think for me, probably I'll sum it up um, in a manner that uh, maybe it affirmed the possibilities, especially from male figures, that we we can we can actually do or extend ourselves to to ensure that we play a bigger role than just providing in the family, mm. right? Uh, because I think we sometimes limit our role as, as males to thinking it's just about provision. But I think sometimes put all these things aside that are not about the human interaction, you know, and you, you, you then focus on the me and you as, 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 as the characters, as the people in, in, in this whole thing. And you realize there's a lot more value that there is that you can bring other than just, you know, uh, monetary stuff and any other thing that might be a nice to have. In terms of what you would then say to to other couples that you know, I suppose haven't had the opportunity to go through something like this, and and I just kind of you know in it for I don't know for just because they've you know there is no other um, option because because remarriages have have those ups and downs, and sometimes you're not so sure if you want to stay. Sometimes you're not so sure if you need to you know fix it. What what would your and obviously everybody's circumstances is different, but what would your counsel be to them? Ladies first. <laughs> I mean, from what I've learned, stick it out, stick it out. Be in it for the long haul. Sometimes things will not go your way, but you quickly realize that there are bigger things in marriage than the small things that we walk in expecting. There are other things that we don't even realize we need. There are needs that I only realized when Tara attended to them that, oh, actually this is my need. And what I thought was a need is not a need. So stick around. Don't be so quick to throw in the towel. And at the end of the day, um, you know how people always say couple goals, and, and, and it's good to learn from other people, but establish your own pattern. Mm. I mean, Tara tells me maybe once or twice a year that I love you. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, I've, I've, I've learned to live with that. Yeah. You know, and I would say to him, I love you, and he would say, hi, Sugawena. Or I would say, or I would ask him, do you think I've gained weight? Do you think I'm fat? And he responded to me, of course you are fat. Can't you see you are fat? Mm. And, and those are the things that I've learned to say, it's okay. Mm. When I look at how we live our life, mm. that for me is the demonstration of love. So establish your own pattern. Understand how things work and how what the person's love language is and how they express it. Tara, your turn. Um, I think the, the 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 thing I think so much is mentioning that's key to to, to to this is the spirit from which it comes, mm. right? On the place from which it comes. So it's not meant to be insulting or anything. It's just meant to create humor and you know based on how you know your partner. Mm-hmm. But but here's the two things I just want to say. Maybe allow me to be philosophical in this. Sure. Instance. Um, tall mountains are hard to climb, mm. but the view from the top is worth it. Mm. 
right? So that that's a blanket statement, but I think one can apply to the different circumstances they face, including their relationship, even a marriage is a relationship in its own right. Mm. Second one, love is as much a feeling as it is a thought. So that means sometimes you do not feel like you love someone. And because the feelings come and go, you don't have any, mm. you know, control of them. You can't switch them on and off as you please. Mm-hmm. However, some things you ought to think. And that's the decisions then you make because your actions are driven by your feeling and or your action, your thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, so if one is able to marry the two together and use them interchangeably, then it will then give off the energy that says to the other, I am still valued by you. Did you think you're going to lose her? Um, she felt that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I did not have a deep sense that I might lose her, mm-hmm. but I did have a thought to say, what if? Mm. The one thing that, and I mentioned the fact that as a spiritual person, um, you know, I, I, I have a relative who's a doctor who's also quite spiritual, mm-hmm. uh, who I spoke to it in the course of this, whenever she presents out phone at night and whenever. And she, she said to me, I have come across a number of people, you know, she's an HOT at, at, at UCT. Mm-hmm. I've come across, whether staff or, or other or friends and every other person who come to me and tell me they are, they are positive. I have not had any inclination, spiritual inclination, that they might lose their lives. It's only happened to one person, and you did that person lost their lives, and that's my uncle, right? Mm-hmm. So with yourself and your wife, I don't have that spiritual inclination that you will lose your lives. Mm-hmm. So that's what I held on to, you know, for the most part. I'm going to ask just to take a, take a quick break, and then we'll take a call from TJ, who has something to say to you both. Life Happens with Pimelo Modine. I'm with the Nyatis, uh, a wonderful couple that has survived COVID-19 together as a couple. Um, Salem was the first one to get ill and quite gravely so, and then Tara followed. But it's just such a wonderful story of, of how they got through this whole experience together. I'm going to take your calls, and I, I did say I will do that. Um, TJ is calling us from the Eastern Cape. TJ, welcome to the show. Hello, TJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Welcome to the show, TJ. Uh, afternoon to your to your guest there. Um, oh, thank you. W- w- wonderful. Um, you, you know what? I'll give you a personal experience. Mm-hmm. Just just two weeks ago, really. I think uh, I think I spoke to Pemelo before 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 that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I got home. I wasn't feeling too good, mm-hmm. and uh, I decided to call my doctor to say, "Okay, um, I'm I'm not feeling okay, but what do I do?" Um, <laughs> After you know, outlining everything that the, you know that I was going through, said, so, "Look, I mean, this looks like you're just a little bit tired and uh, just stressed, mm-hmm. really." But I insisted and said, "You know what? Um, I think I'd like to take this test and let me go for it." Said, but there, there is no need for it. I said, "Look here, I want to do that." And you know, I went for it anyway. He said, "Okay, uh, between now and the following day, just try as much as possible. Let's treat this as if there is something there." And I adhere to that. I don't know if you may recall the other time that I also spoke to you about, you know, my partner going to a funeral where I said, yes, be careful. Yes, I remember that. that. Don't do that. You oh, understand? I remember because, that. You know what? This is a very, very trying time for us all. But at the end of the day, I went for the test. The following day, I got a call and said, okay, you're clean. There is no problem. But what I picked up in that process, and I can tell you, um, while I decided to, you know, to isolate myself, I mean, mm. based on the instruction from, from you know, from mm. the health practitioner, mm. 
Even the kids. Every now and then, all I think about is just my family. Mm. What happened? Mm. What is going to happen? Mm. You understand? Mm. While I was waiting for these, you know, for the results to come. Mm. But then, what I picked up from my partner, <sighs> come on, it's nothing to write home about. The life is very, very short, but sometimes you really want to go, you want to go, you want to go. But then when you think about the little ones that are involved in this, mm. you tell yourself, you know what, let me relax myself for the sake of these children. Mm. But again, it, it was a very, very um, yeah, pleasant experience for me. Uh, I want to... Uh, you, you know, to go through, you know, what I went through, and then the person that you really expect to be next to you is far away from you. Hmm. How do you begin to balance these things? Sure. What would, what would you say to, to, to TJ Terry? Um, I think my wife can. My, baby, can you take that on if you don't mind? Sure. You know, um, it's it's hard. People react differently um, to different situations. And, and sometimes I think what's important is to understand the heart of the person. Uh, sometimes we expect people to be there for us. And maybe you might find that then stepping away is a way of saying, let me preserve me and the rest of the family. Um, meanwhile, it's interpreted differently. So I think it's important to actually articulate what your needs are and your expectations are so that both people are on the same page. Listen, I have to thank you both for, for being so honest and so open about your experiences and uh, you've encouraged many as you've heard and we can't possibly take all the voice notes that are coming through, but thank you for sharing your story and all the best to you both. Can I just say this, Pamela? Yeah, I just sure. need to end credits here. Sure. You know, she says, I say twice a year that I love her. <laughs> you know, this is now the third time of this year. <laughs> love you, baby. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nobody heard it, Wanateri. Nobody heard it. You need to say it again. Love you, baby. Oh, <laughs> you're a great sport. You're a great sport. Thank you so much, both. Thank you. Have yourself a wonderful day, Salem and Terry Nyati. Um, a, a couple that's experienced COVID-19 together and see the other side of it. In one piece, I think it was absolutely beautiful.